0: And now
1: for the show reflecting on classic radio Hollywood 360 with your host, Carl Amari.
2: You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness?
3: Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet numbskulls, I'm broadcasting.
4: Hello everyone, I'm Carl Amari and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the savvy Lisa Wolf. In this hour, we'll present a true crime western episode of Tales of the Texas Rangers from 1951. But first, it's name that tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular Madonna songs, and a Hollywood 360 listener contestant and I will try to guess that tune. And the contestant is Karen from Missouri, right, Lisa?
5: You got it, Carl. Hi, Karen. Hi, Karen. Hey, Lisa. How are you? I'm great. How are you? We're doing good. I know that's Sympathy for the Devil. Can I say that? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> that's right, and you can say that. Uh, hopefully, you know a little bit about Madonna. Are you a fan? Um, I remember her back in the day. Yes. 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 Well, all of these songs were from the 80s. Mm, so these are really? all songs that were very popular. I wasn't born yet. Right. So you're going to have to really put your thinking cap on on this one. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to play a clip from the song, and as soon as you recognize the like title...
4: Like a virgin.
5: Um, then you'll um, you'll you'll is that the shout first it out. One? Is that the first one? I'm not going to say. I okay. just shout it out. Right? You just, just shout it out. Just shout it out. And it out. <laughs> um, the trick is to shout it out prior to Carl shouting it out, and then uh, <laughs> that's how it works. So All I'm right. on your team, Karen. And uh, here is a clip from Karen the first song, very smart. which goes back to
6: 1986. Avita. No. Avita.
4: Avita. <laughs> <laughs> <Just laughs> um, know this. Gonna say midnight That's
5: somewhere. Ah. <sighs> uh, like uh, 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 um, anything. This is it, La Isla Bonita. Oh, it's
4: Spanish. I'm not going to figure
6: that
5: out. Well, <laughs> Spanish? Okay, well, I'm sure that's why you didn't get it. So, that's exactly um, why. Right, so it's called La Isla Bonita, which oh, means The Pretty Island. Carl, this is from her third album called True Blue. And it was written and produced by Madonna. Now, get this the song was originally presented as an instrumental to Michael Jackson, he turned it down. Madonna liked it, so she wrote the lyrics and the melody. Wow, so, there really? There you go. Interesting.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no way I was going to get that one.
5: Oh darn it!
4: <laughs> All right, I'm ready.
5: Okay, here's the next Here we song. Here go, Karen. Goes back to 1984. The beginning of material world. Yes, material girl. I take that. <laughs> oh gosh! There you go, Karen. You're there on it the board. Is. Material Girl, second album called Like a Virgin, and uh, Madonna said that she regrets recording Material Girl because its title became her nickname.
4: Yeah, Material Girl, right? right. And yeah. that's
5: really not a, you know, not a nickname that one. She might was want. so
4: great, though. You know, back then, I mean, like she's still great. But she's still great. But I'm just saying, when she burst on the scene, yes, she had like hit after hit after yeah, hit. Right? right here,
5: I'm playing hit after hit right here you just having right. trouble identifying them. This
4: is this should be your signature song, Lisa. It's real girl. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
5: right. <sighs> okay. I'm pretty fancy. Right,
4: Karen's on the board. All
5: right, here we go. Next song,
4: 1986. Papa,
7: Papa Don't
5: Preach. Papa don't Preach gave it away with the papa. Oh, man, that's the one I
2: remembered, too.
5: Well, you know, papa the first word of the song was Papa, so it was a big clue there. That was from her album called True Blue, and this was her fourth number one single on the chart. Yeah. Of course there tell was. you, it's kind of hard to hear through the phone. Oh. Yeah. Mike, help her out there.
4: Know what I'm saying.
5: So um, there were some heated discussions about the, the lyrical content of this song, but you know, it also was in the
4: 1980s. And we're tied up.
5: All right. We're Moving tied on up. to the next song. Up, Ready? Again. 1983. Like a Virgin? If you just say that for every song, maybe one will be right. <laughs> <laughs> Like a virgin. <laughs> Sorry, not this time. Borderline. Yes. Borderline. 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 You, Borderline. you just took the words right out of your mouth, Karen. This is for her, from her debut album called Madonna. Carl, if you ever produce an album, you can just call it Carl. Yeah. Yeah, that would be great. Good job, Carl. Good job, Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Borderline, right? Borderline. This was
5: her first top ten hit on the Billboard chart.
4: She's really great. She had so many hits.
5: She did. Well, I've got six of them right here for you. All
4: right. All right.
5: Next song, 1983. Like a virgin. No. Start deducting points. No. I said Starbucks. It's that right. Starberry? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> what is it then?
4: <laughs> what the heck
7: is it? <laughs> yeah. It's Lucky Star? Oh, Lucky,
5: Lucky star. star. Lucky Star. Oh, yeah. This was also from her album Madonna. And I don't know if you remember the video for this song. She was dancing in front of a white background. And that's when her, uh, really her style became a fashion trend mm. after this, uh, this uh, the song.
4: I remember when she burst on the scene with Like a Virgin and she's like crawling on the floor and stuff. Yep. My friend Vince Lombardi called me. He's like, turn on MTV. <laughs> 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 All
5: right, and well, I'm like, okay. there's only Isn't one song. In- there's only, right, in Vogue, there's only one song left. So Uh-oh. you might just yell I something. feel like out. a virgin. You guys can each yell out what you <laughs> is want. Is this like, like a virgin? <laughs> okay. I don't know. Here we go. 1985.
4: a virgin. <laughs> it's not. This is um. <laughs> it's a slow song. I'll never get it.
5: Oh, good. All right, Karen, this is for you. Playing room at the
7: music starts. Strangers making the most of the dark.
4: What the heck is it?
5: You recognize it, though? Well, yeah. It's a slow song, so I'm
4: never going to get
5: it. going to come in and the- Come on, the chorus is coming. So close, here it comes. Come I'll on, you guys, right here.
4: Crazy for you. <laughs>
5: Crazy for you We tied. Right. You tied. both said it. This is from the film Vision Quest.
6: Oh yeah.
5: And she uh, this song earned her her first Grammy Award nomination. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm crazy for you.
4: I think we uh, I So think how I, did
5: we do Carl? I think
4: um we tied.
5: A, pretty tie? Sure. a tie is it's pretty tie. good it's a tie I mean it is your birthday but a, yeah, tie, a tie, tie will have to do Karen
4: did great I'm going to send Karen a four CD set of the Twilight Zone radio dramas how's that sound Karen that's
5: awesome thank you Karen You're so thank welcome. you so much You're for great. calling in it was so fun to talk to you it really was a lot Thanks, of
4: fun thank you guys have thank a great you, you, you too, too Karen bye. bye when we come back Tales of the Texas Rangers stay with us More Hollywood three sixty after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood three sixty. All right, tales of the Texas Rangers. I licensed this show, Lisa, from Stacy Keach, our uh, good pal who played yes. Mike Hammer. On TV, and he was the host of my Twilight Zone radio dramas. His father, Stacy Keach Sr., created this radio show, and so I licensed this from the estate, which is Stacy and his brother James. So, uh, Tales of the Texas Rangers, uh, created by Stacy Keach Sr., and it ran on radio from 1950 until 1952. And it was a, uh, a really terrific true crime series. And it was set in present day. It was not set in the old West. It was all about our Texas Rangers, which still exist. They're the uh, very important law enforcement agency in Texas. And these were actual police case files, you know, closed cases that they dramatized, just like they did with Dragnet and other, you know, gangbusters and This Is Your FBI. Great Series. Uh, this episode is called Death Shaft and it stars Joel McCrae as Ranger Jace Pearson. September 30th, 1951. Here's part 1 of Tales of the Texas Rangers.
0: From Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case transcribed from the files of the Texas Rangers. <laughs> Texas, more than 260,000 square miles, and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. From the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, Death Shaft.
3: It is 9.30 a.m., November 18th, 1941, in the Big Bend country of West Texas. J.C. Wilford of the Bureau of Mines and Fred Blaisdell are winding up a narrow dirt road toward Blaisdell's
6: abandoned mine in Black Hawk Canyon. How long did you say it's been since you operated your mine, Mr. Blaisdell? I never have operated it, Wilford. It was left me by my brother when he passed on. Oh, I see. I was understood there was ore
1: here if you had the money to get it out, but... I didn't, so I just let her sit here, haven't even been near the place for, oh, two years anyway. But lately I've been reading that the government's anxious to get some of these mines going again.
6: Mm -hmm. That's
1: why I got in touch with you at the
6: Bureau of Mines to see if you think it's a worthwhile proposition. Well, if it looks promising at all, we can make a thorough survey, do a little diamond drilling, and see what we've got. Then if it looks good, you think the government will loan the money to operate it? That's something I can't answer. All we at the Bureau do is make the recommendation. Hey, pretty desolate country around here, isn't it? Yeah, I see. Here we are. Oh, uh, is that the entrance to the mine ahead? Yeah, yeah, that's it. All boarded up.
1: And padlocked. Guess my brother put that door on the entrance to the shaft when he quit working the mine. Yeah, I got my key.
6: That's funny. What's the matter, please? Key doesn't seem to fit. Well, you sure it's the right one? Yeah, uh...
1: Hey, this isn't the same lock on here.
6: What? Well,
1: there was a master padlock on here before. Now it's just a cheap one from a dime store, looks like.
6: That's strange. Who'd want to switch
1: locks? Why? I don't know. Somebody must have been snooping around up here.
6: Wait. A piece iron bar line over here. See if I can... find that lock off. It's a fairly new lock by the look of it.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's open her up.
6: Yeah, I got the flashlight. I better go first. Okay, Wiffin. Sure so wet in here. Yeah. These riffs collect a lot of moisture when the mine's not in use. do. So, Matter, Wilton. Look, they're on the ground in front of us. Holy smoke, a skeleton. The clothes just about all rotted away. And a different padlock on the entrance. Looks like somebody didn't want this skeleton found, Wilton. Yeah, and if you take a look at the skull, you'll see why. Hey, it's all bashed in. It sure is. The club are a rock by the look of it. Yeah. Whoever that was, looks like he was murdered. <laughs>
3: Two men notified Sheriff Benson, who requested help from the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to the case, joining the sheriff and two men at Blaisdell's mine.
1: Hmm. Pretty damp, Sheriff. Sure is. You men touch anything in here? Not a thing, Ranger. After I pried off the new lock, we come inside. But just as soon as we saw the skeleton, we got out in a hurry and called the sheriff. Isn't that right, Wilford? Yeah, that's right, Ranger. Well, there it is, Jace. Yeah. Skull sure is bashed in. It'd be pretty hard to tell how long he's been dead, Jase. Yeah, remains would deteriorate pretty fast in this dampness. And as far as telling who it is, clothes are all rotted away, so the same would go for any papers he might have been carrying. Just a minute, Sheriff. Hmm? Look, these loose rocks on the side here. but right. Looks like a leather wallet. It is. Pretty well preserved, too. Sure, sure. It was a little higher than the skeleton up out of the wet. Well, pretty lucky for us. Looks that way. Any money in it? No. Just some papers. Hmm. Might have been robbery. He'll have took the money, then tossed the billfold away. Can you make out the writing on any of the papers? Gilbert W. Madden. Madden? Uh, name mean anything to you, Blaisdell? Uh, I was just trying to think. No, no, I don't, I don't remember ever hearing it before. How about you, Mr. Wilford? Being from the Bureau of Mines, you probably spend a lot of time around this part of the state. You ever hear the name before?
6: Madden, sounds a little familiar, but I, I can't seem to place it, Ranger. I'm
1: sorry. Okay. I guess that'll be all for now. Let's get back outside. We want signed statements from you. You can drop around the sheriff's office and make them. I'll be in this afternoon, if that's okay. Sure. See you then, Blaisdell.
6: Come on, Wilfred. I'll give you a lift back to
1: town. All right. You through here, Jess? Not quite. Take this broken padlock along. I want to look at this hasp on the door. I doubt if you can tell much from that. It's all scratched up where Blazedell pried off that padlock. Yeah, I know. There's one thing sort of puzzles me a little, Sheriff. What is it? This new lock isn't rusty enough to have been out here in the open for very long. What do you figure that means? I won't know until I can get some idea of the approximate time of death. Come on, let's get back to town and start checking on Gilbert Madden. See if we can find out how long ago he was murdered. Back at the sheriff's office, I checked through the missing persons reports and found one on Gilbert Madden filed by his wife eight months before. Mrs. Madden was promptly notified and requested to meet us at the sheriff's office for routine questioning. Have a seat, Miss Madden.
7: Thank you, Sheriff.
1: I'm sorry to be asking questions at a time like this, ma'am.
7: That's all right, Ranger. I don't suppose there's any doubt it was Gil. I'm afraid not, ma'am.
1: We found his wallet, and the lab confirmed the identification by means of the teeth.
7: Well, I felt for some time that Gil must be dead. In a way, it's almost better knowing instead of wondering. I know.
1: Mrs. Madden, our lab's trying to establish the time of your husband's murder. Now, according to our information, you filed this missing persons report on last March 23rd, a little less than eight months ago. That's right. What were the circumstances surrounding your husband's disappearance?
7: Well, uh, Gilbert was a mine broker. He made trips in the mining country every now and then. He planned to be away for two or three weeks, so I decided to visit my relatives in Kansas while he was gone.
1: I see. When was that?
7: Right around the first of March, as I remember.
1: And how long were you in Kansas? Three weeks. Did you hear from your husband during that time?
7: Oh, yes, I did. I got a letter from him just a couple of days before I was to return home, saying he would meet my train. But he wasn't at the depot when I arrived. Called all over town trying to locate him, and then when I couldn't, I got worried. The next day, I filed a report with the police.
1: Well, let's see. That'd make it about the 20th of March when you got that last letter from your husband. That means he was alive up until the time he mailed it, anyway, which would be about the 18th of March. Come in. I left my statement with you, Deputy Sheriff. Anything else? Oh, I reckon not. Mrs. Madden, this is Mr. Blaisdell.
7: Howdy do.
1: Miss Madden? Mr. Blaisdell owns the mine where your husband's body was discovered.
7: Oh.
1: I'm sorry to make your acquaintance under this sort of circumstance, Miss Madden.
7: Uh, Sheriff, I'm sure you told me where this mine was over the phone when you notified me, but what with the shock, I don't seem to remember. Oh, my
1: mine is over in Blackhawk Canyon, Miss Madden.
7: Blackhawk Canyon.
1: Uh, that mean anything to you, Miss Madden? Old Willie. Who? Uh,
7: old Willie. He lives up in Blackhawk Canyon somewheres.
1: Look, Mrs. Madden. Who is this old Willie?
7: Well, he has a mine up there. He's a strange old man. He's very eccentric. Well, what
1: makes you think he had anything to do with this?
7: Because in that last letter I got from Gilbert, he mentioned something about Old Willie pestering him again. I didn't pay much attention to it at the time.
1: I still don't get the connection between your husband and this old Willie, Mrs. Madden.
7: Well, you see, about two years ago, my husband made a business trip into that region. I went with him. This old Willie was hanging around a little store where we stopped for a cold drink. When he found out my husband was a mine broker, he became very excited. Said he had a valuable mine he wanted Gilbert to look at.
1: Did your husband inspect Willie's mine?
7: No, because the storekeeper broke in and told us Willie's mine was worthless. Willie became furious, and finally the storekeeper threw him out.
1: I see. Did Willie threaten your husband, Mrs. Madden?
7: Well, he wrote a few crazy sort of letters to Gilbert, accusing him of being a spy for what he called the big companies. Hmm.
1: Mr. Blaisdell, have you ever heard of this old Willie? No, I haven't, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm not acquainted with anybody in that area. Jase, I sure think this old Willie is worth questioning. So do I, Sheriff. We'll head back to Blackhawk Canyon and see if we can find him. Right now, he sounds like a first-class murder suspect.
0: In just a moment, we will continue with Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson.
4: Yeah, that was some. Very dramatic music there. Did you hear that music? Lisa? I sure did. Of, Holy or, of course cow. I'm sitting
5: across the table from you and you are very dramatic. I can well. be.
4: I can be dramatic. Oh, yeah, no, you are. <laughs> uh, oh Romeo, Romeo, oh, where? wherefore art thou. Oh, that was good. Wherefore. <laughs> art thou? What is it? Wherefore art thou, Romeo? Huh? Yeah. Pretty dramatic right there, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah,
5: you're a good actor.
4: You know, I would love to go back. I mean, I used to be in all the plays and things.
5: I mean, in high school, we're talking.
4: Yeah, in high school. I, was, I would love... To, if I if I had more I like time... That was like
5: 45 years ago.
4: Don't remind me. Okay. If I had more time, like, you know, I would ju- get in a play. But here's the problem. They're always... Like, on the weekends, and we do the show on the weekend. No,
5: that's not the problem. The problem is getting cast. I wouldn't cast. get
4: cast. I'd get cast. Would
5: you? Yeah. Okay. I'd get
4: cast as, like...
5: The tree on on the right? I
4: would get the rock.
5: <laughs> right, like rock would number be like, three. like, yeah,
4: you know, tree branch four.
5: Exactly. You know, it'd that be, like... for sure. Or,
4: no, I I could get, you know, depending. I mean, I wouldn't be able to... Probably be Goodman Theater or you know on Broadway or something. Oh really? (laughs) But I I get cast in something. Come on, I mean something. Right. I could play like Peter Lorre or something. Mm -hmm. It could be like the Peter Lorre in the movie, you know. Or yeah, uh, they're all
5: looking for Peter Lorre, Lorre
4: (laughs) soundalikes.
5: I mean, I could
4: play something. Can you sing?
5: No. Can you dance?
4: A little bit. I could dance a little bit. Not great.
5: Okay. Well, you're on your way. I love
4: being a play.
5: I do, too. I love I love theater. All
4: right. Well, listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, I don't know how we got off on that tangent. <laughs> Death Shaft is the name of the show. And uh, Joel McCrae is starring in this good uh, true crime episode. We'll get back to it in just a few. Stick around. Hi, Carl Amari here to tell you about Good Old Days, the magazine that remembers the best of times. Published six times per year, each big full-color issue of Good Old Days magazine features dozens of nostalgic personal stories and recollections, vintage photos that take you back to cherished times, old-fashioned home cooking, original illustrations, quizzes, vintage advertisements for products from days gone by, and much more. For a limited time, you can save 75% off the cover price of Good Old Days magazine magazine plus receive a free gift log on to hollywood360radio.com and click the good old days banner to learn more and be sure to read my column called good old days on the radio and digitally download a free classic radio show tied to my story with each issue i know you're going to love good old days magazine so give it a try Visit Hollywood360radio.com and click the Good Old Days banner for your free gift offer and ways to subscribe at an incredible discount. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. You know, the new issue of Good Old Days magazine is out. The September-October issue is out. And we are going to have Kathy Lynch on next week. She's the uh, editor of uh, Good Old Days. We'll uh, talk to Kathy the first hour for about 10 minutes about Good Old Days and about the great new issue. And I wrote a story on Sherlock Holmes. And if you are a member, and uh, or not a member, but if you uh, subscribe to Good Old Days, you would know that, and you'd, you'd also know that you can get a uh, free digital download of a Sherlock Holmes episode. gives you a special website to go to and, do, and to uh, digitally download it. Yeah, Good Old Days is a great magazine. I mean, I just love this magazine. It's so perfect for what we do, you know, Lisa? It's all about the best of times, you know, the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. And there's so many articles in this magazine. There's all, look, popular 1955 songs, and you kind of match them up, the song, with the artist. There's all kinds of games and stories and comics and um, my article, of course, which is...
5: You know, the best thing Well, I mean,
4: I don't know if it's the best thing in there, but it's up there. It's way up there. It's definitely up there. I feel
5: like if you appreciate Hollywood 360, then you'd appreciate... Uh, good Old Days, it's really a nostalgic yeah. magazine. And and we do a lot of nostalgia in terms of music and games as well. So I do feel like there's a lot of overlap.
4: No doubt. And uh, we have a special offer. If you would like to go to our website, hollywood360radio.com, and scroll down to the Good Old Days banner, click It, it takes you to a special page just for our listeners. And if you subscribe you can save 75% off the newsstand price. So, I mean, it's a great offer. And if you sign up for two years, you get the uh, six issues a year. If you sign up for two years, they'll also send you a free gift. It's really great. I know you'll love it. A lot of our listeners have gotten the magazine because I get... Lots and lots of emails from people saying, oh, I got Good Old Days. It's so fantastic. It's better than I thought it was going to be. I know be. we all
5: get Good Old Days, too. So we talk about yeah. it a lot here at the radio station.
4: Yeah, go to our website, Hollywood360radio.com. Scroll down, click the Good Old Days banner, and you will see a special page just for you. And um, you'll love it. You'll love Good Old Days magazine, I promise you. Okay, we're listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, show called Death Shaft starring Joel McCrae. He was a big movie star. He did a lot of westerns, but he did other films too. But when his, you know, his career was starting to go down a little bit in the late 40s, you know, he was like a big star in the 30s and early 40s. And but by the end of the 40s his his star was starting to, you know, not be as shiny as they say. And then he got cast as um Ranger Jace Pearson in the series And his career went way back up again. Yeah, it's really true. He talks about it. You know, he's talked about it in some, you know, articles and things. He's like, yeah, ever since I've done this radio show, you know, I've gotten a lot more work in the film. So that's great. And he was a good actor. And he's great on this. Let's get back now to Tales of the Texas Rangers.
0: We continue now with Tales of the Texas Rangers and tonight's case, Death Shaft, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers.
1: As a matter of routine, I checked up on Mrs. Madden's story of her visit to relatives in Kansas and quickly confirmed the fact that she was there during the period she had stated. Next, Sheriff Benson and I drove to the small general store in Black Hawk Canyon and questioned the storekeeper.
6: Oh Willie? Sure I know him, Ranger. Comes in here once a month regular for supplies. Crazy the cooter. Where's he live, Price? Oh, about twenty mile up the canyon. He's got a no count mine up on East Rim. Of course he thinks it's just chuck full of
1: ore. <laughs> Mr. Price, I want you to think back about two years ago. An incident involving old Willie and a mine broker named Madden is supposed to have taken place here in your store.
6: You remember anything about it? Sure do. Willie started giving this mine broker the usual jaw wagon about his mine being valuable so I figured I'd better stick more in and tell the fellow Willie's mind wasn't worth the dad bomb
1: What happened then?
6: Oh, Willie flew off the handle in his crazy way, started spouting a bunch of threats and other loony talk, so I finally had to kick him out of the store.
1: Well, Jay said sure checks with what Miss Madden told us. Yeah. Mr. Price... Can you give us directions for finding Willie's place? We'd like to pay him a visit.
6: Well, pretty rough country up there.
1: We got horses in a trailer outside.
6: Oh, well, in that case, you can make it all right. You'll find the trail leading north off the road up ahead about um, five miles. Stick to the trail until they cross a dry creek. Then you'll see another trail taken off up the side of the canyon.
1: The second trail leads us to Willie's mine, huh?
6: Yep. Of course, you uh, may not find him there. Why not? He's pretty skitterish about visitors.
1: That's just why I want to pay him a visit. See if he's got anything to be skitterish about. Uh. We should be just about there, Sheriff. Yeah. Far climb. Looks like we're directly across the canyon from Blaisdell's mine. Listen, Burrow. Willie's. We're close, all right. Once we get around this bend in the trail, yeah, it looks like some diggings up ahead there. And just take a look at that shack. Yeah. Someplace. The Galvanized iron, tar paper, cardboard. I wonder what keeps it up. Probably that stovepipe sticking up through the center of the roof. Yeah, it's smoking, too. Willie must be home, all right. Oh, oh, charcoal. Oh, oh, boy. I... Would you look at the junk he's got hanging on the outside wall Pieces of barbed wire, tin cans, keys, bottles. Looks like Willie's part pack wrap. Hmm. The door's open. Nobody inside. Inside looks like the outside. Only more so. Wonder where... Hold it. Hmm? Look, over there in the bushes. Yeah, something moved, all right. Willie, come out of there. Willie! Hey, somebody's coming out all right. Sure don't look very friendly with that rifle.
2: What do you fellas want?
1: You throw that rifle down and we'll tell you.
2: You got no call to come poking around my property.
1: You're wrong there, Willie. This is Sheriff Benson and I'm Ranger Pearson. We want to ask you a few questions. Now drop that rifle and come over here.
2: You think I'm going to tell you about my mind, don't you? Yes, yeah, and I'm not. Now, just a minute, Willie. You want to get it away from me just like all the rest. you spies for them, that's what you are. You come poking around here trying to... What are to you get...
1: talking about, Willie? Spies for whom?
2: For the big companies. They all want my mind because they know it's right smack dab on the biggest vein in the county. That's why they send spies snooping around here, like you do. I
1: don't know, Jace Willie... Have you ever been near the Blaisdell mine across the canyon from here?
2: It ain't as good as this it is.
1: Answer my question. Have you ever been near there? Yeah, maybe. How long ago?
2: Oh, a couple of days.
1: What were you doing over there? Patrolling. What do you mean, patrolling?
2: Oh, I patrol all over. Gotta watch for the spies.
1: Hmm. Ever hear the name Gilbert Madden?
2: He ain't gonna never get my mine. All I need's a little money to operate. I asked you a
1: question, Willie? Have you ever hear of Gilbert Madden? You heard him, Willie.
2: Hey, maybe I have and maybe I ain't. You fellas come up here spine just like he
1: Just like who?
2: Madden? <laughs> think you're pretty smart, don't you? But you're not going to trap me. He had his chance to get me money for the mine, but he wouldn't.
1: That why you killed him?
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, you think you're going to get me confused with your smart talk, don't you? Well, you ain't. I ain't got too much on my mind patrolling to worry about killing anybody.
1: Yeah? I wonder. We got a witness that you had a fight with Madden. And furthermore... Just a minute, Sheriff. What is it? Just happened to notice something hanging on the outside wall here. Just a bunch of old rusty keys. Yeah. But this one isn't as rusty as the rest. Well, let me see. Gee. That key's the same make as the lock Blaisdell pried off the entrance to his mine. That's right, Sheriff.
2: Come here, Willie. Hey, what you want?
1: Where'd you get this key?
2: Say, that's a good one. You want to trade Seb?
1: Where'd you get it?
2: I saved keys.
1: Quit stalling, Willie. Where'd you get it?
2: Coming around here asking me all kinds of questions. You got no call. I that
1: padlock back in my office, Chase. I'm sure interested to see whether this key fits it. So am I. Come on, Willie. Get your burro. We're gonna take a ride.
2: Make it be come down here with you fellas. You think I'm not wise, do you?
1: Padlock's in my desk here.
2: get me down here while one of your other spies snoops around my mind, takes all samples.
1: Here it is. Let's have it. Okay, now I'll try this key in it. It sure does. Well, I guess that does it all right. Uh,
2: uh, Can I go now? No,
1: Willie. I don't think you'll be going anywhere for quite a spell. The sheriff booked Willie, but we were unable to get any sort of coherent statement out of him. Finally, we locked him up and went back into the sheriff's office. Well, regardless of whether or not he gives us a confession, I suppose we could get a conviction all right. Maybe. Unless they find him mentally incompetent. Even so, they'll put him away. Yeah, that's just what I was thinking. It'd be pretty rough on him if he happened to be innocent, wouldn't it? you be innocent? Now, Jay... Yeah, I know. We have two witnesses to the fact that Willie threatened Gilbert Madden. That's right. Mrs. Madden and the storekeeper. But what clinches it is a padlock on Blaisdell's mind, Jayce. Eh? That key we found at Willie's shack fits it. That's about as solid evidence as there is, seems to me. I wonder... What do you mean? A couple of things about this don't feel quite right to me, Sheriff. Well, what, for instance? Well, near as the lab can figure, Madden was murdered about eight months ago. That's right, last March. But the lock Blaisdell broke off the mine entrance was hardly rusty at all. And neither was the key we found hanging out in the open at Willie's shack. What's wrong with that, Jase? Willie broke off the original lock when he hid Madden's body. But Madden died eight months ago, and that second lock couldn't have been on the hasp that long. Well, maybe Willie didn't put the lock on right away. Maybe later he got to worrying about somebody discovering the body and, well, that's when he put it on. Sheriff, the time you're most worried about a body being discovered is right after you've killed a man, not several months later. Sure, that's the way a sensible person would react. But remember who we're dealing with, old Willie, who's not exactly what you call a sensible man. I know, Sheriff. But then there's the part about the key hanging right out in plain sight at Willie's shack. Now, Jace, you said yourself Willie was part pack rat. Remember all the other junk he had hanging around the shack? Sure I do, Sheriff. I also remember what Willie said when we showed him that key. Say, hey, that's a good one. Just like he'd never noticed it before. What are you getting at, Jace? Maybe Willie did kill Madden, but it seems to me there's a bare chance he didn't. Then how'd he get that key? Oh, he could have found it. Or it could have been planted there. That'd be awful tough to prove either way, Jase. Sure it would. As long as it's a possibility we're not closing the case. Come on, let's talk to Mrs. Madden and see if she can give us a line on anybody besides old Willie... who might have a reason for killing her husband. We drove out to the Madden house, but Mrs. Madden was unable to give us any new information... She suggested we go through her husband's business records, which were in a spare room he'd used for an office. So the sheriff and I started in. But an hour later, the only things we found just made it look all the worse for Willie. Hm. What do you got, Jace? Uh, a bunch of letters written on wrapping paper. Addressed to Madden. Crazy, threatening letters. Who wrote? You guess. Willie? Yeah, Willie. Listen, you better watch out. I ain't going to let you steal my mind. <clears throat> That's Willie really all right. There's something like that? Yeah. All six of them. Well, yeah, Jase, it looks all the worse for Willie now. We've been through just about all Madden's records and papers. These threatened letters are all we come up with? Yeah, and from the looks of it, Madden kept records of just about everything. Well, we might as well put these papers back, I guess. Okay. What do you got there? Uh, a pile of canceled checks. Hand them over, and I'll stick them here in the drawer. Okay, just thumbing through them. I guess there's nothing here. I. Hey. What is it? Sheriff, look at this check. It's dated two years ago. Hmm? Let's see. Well, what about it? It's just made out the cash and signed by Madden. Yeah, but take a look at this pencil writing up in the corner. Pencil writing? Let's... Well, I'll be. So will I. Come on. Going to make an arrest? Not yet. I need more proof, and I think I know a way to get it. Just go along with whatever I say. Sure, Jay. Did you find anything that's in help
7: in Gilbert's papers, Range Pearson?
1: I think we did, Mrs. Madden. You said you accompanied your husband on his business trip into the Blackhawk Canyon area two years ago.
7: That's right.
1: Why'd he go there?
7: Well, just to size up the situation, find out what mines were for sale.
1: I see. He didn't actually transact any business, though.
7: No. Of course, this Willie wanted him to come up and see his mine, but when the storekeeper told us the mine was no good. Yeah.
1: And you stayed right with your husband the whole trip? Yes. Okay. Thanks, ma'am.
7: You say you found something in Gilbert's papers?
1: Oh, we don't know for sure, so I'd like to give you a receipt for these canceled checks. I want more time to examine them. Here you are.
7: Canceled checks?
1: Yeah. It looks like one of them's going to take the wrong man out of jail and put the right man in. Come on, Sheriff. Let's see.
7: Well, I, I'm glad to hear it. If there's anything more I can do...
1: We'll let you know, Mrs. Madden. Goodbye. She's lying, Jason. I like a trooper. What now? We'll watch her. Have one of your deputies keep an eye on him. We don't want him to get away, but we don't want to pick him up yet either. Okay, I'll call my office from the drugstore. I'll wait in my car around the corner. Meet me there. <laughs> The sheriff made his call and rejoined me. We sat in my car, waiting. And a little after dark, Mrs. Madden's car pulled away from her house, heading out of town. We followed, keeping well back. Two miles out of town, she pulled off the highway, parked behind another car, got out and headed into the brush. The sheriff and I worked our way slowly and quietly in the direction she'd taken. Should be around here somewhere. Yeah. Keep it as quiet as possible, sheriff. Reckon she'd come out here to meet him? Looks like... Listen. Yeah. I hear him talking. I you, I don't know. Look, you're I mean, not clearing I ahead. Yeah. Yeah.
6: Let's ease up a little. You little
7: fool.
6: You must have overlooked something when you went through those records. No,
7: I'm sure I didn't, Fred. I found the entry he made where you paid him for appraising your mind two years ago. I tore it out. There's nothing in those records to show the two of you knew each other.
6: You're wrong there, ma'am. Hey.
1: Hold it real steady, Blaisdell. Pearson. Yeah. So the two of you didn't know each other until I introduced you, huh? You've been in it together ever since you met two years ago. Clary, you little fool. You were tricked into coming out here so they could catch us together. They didn't have any proof of anything. I got proof right here in my pocket that you lied when you said you didn't know Madden, Blaisdell. Yeah, what kind of proof? Something you overlooked, Mrs. Madden. A check made out to cash. You didn't notice the pencil writing on it.
7: Pencil writing?
1: Your husband made a notation that the check was to cover expenses of a trip he'd made to appraise Blaisdell's mine two years ago. You told me you were with your husband the whole trip. So you lied about not knowing Blaisdell. Clara, you
7: stupid You got to listen to me. I I didn't want any part of it, but Blaisdell forced me to. What's that? I'm in the clear. I was in Kansas when it happened. Blaisdell killed my husband.
6: Oh, that's how you stick by me, is it?
1: Why, you little... Blaisdell. You're not going to get away free, Clara. I guarantee that. Sure, I killed Madden, Ranger, but
7: it was her idea.
1: That's a lie. Ah, uh, right from the start, it was her idea. How to go about it. Put the body in my own mind and change life. She's
7: lying, Ranger. Plant the
1: key at Willie's shack. pretend she and I didn't know each other. Then produce the body so she could collect on the insurance. All of it was her idea. You shut up. You shut up. I'm not half finished yet. Got a wedge out on me, will you? Wait till I get through Spiller.
2: Shut up, you
6: no, no, Shut up.
1: You know, Sheriff, strikes me we've only got one problem left. What's that, Jase? getting them to talk slow enough so a stenographer can get it all down. Come on, both of you.
3: Fred Blaisdell and Clara Madden were indicted and placed on trial for the brutal murder of Gilbert Madden. For her part in the crime, Clara was sentenced to 50 years in the women's prison at Gory. On the morning of May 3rd, 1942, Blaisdell was put to death in the electric chair.
0: Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of... The Texas Rangers. Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the Universal International Technicolor production, Cattle Drive. The cast included Tony Barrett, Bill Johnstone, Lamont Johnson, Ken Christie, Betty Lou Gerson, and Brad Brown. Technical advisor was Captain M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez of the Texas Rangers. This story was transcribed and adapted by Bob Reif, and the program is produced and directed by Stacy Keach. Hal Gibney speaking.
1: Stay tuned for The Big Show and Tallulah on NBC, the national broadcasting company.
4: That is Tales of the Texas Rangers, September 30th, 1951, Death Shaft, starring Joel McCrae as Ranger Jace Pearson and a whole bunch of other great actors in there. Lamont Johnson played Tarzan on radio, but years later he became a very, very popular director of early television. In fact, he directed quite a few episodes of The Twilight Zone for Rod Serling. And you had all kinds of great actors in this, uh, Tony Barrett, Betty Lou Gerson, great cast, and the uh, terrific Stacey Keats Sr., creator, producer, and director of this series. Hope you enjoyed that. Time for this month in music history.
5: And we are going back to 1971 with this great song.
0: You won't be fooled again,
5: That's the Who. Right. You got it. We'll on your A game today. Must be your birthday. Take my brother <laughs> So yes, won't get fooled again by the Who written by Pete Townsend, and the full eight and a half minute version is on the band's nineteen seventy one album, Who's Next? Which I had eight as, and a half
4: well, minute eight version. Eight and a half
5: minutes, yes.
4: Wow. I didn't realize it was that
5: long. Yep. You won't
4: be fooled again. just
5: won't get fooled again. Yeah, whatever. So close
4: up. <laughs> I mean look, I'm it's I know it's one all good. It, here, counts. It, counts. it counts, right? Yep,
5: it counts. Although this is not named that tune, but I'll take it.
4: Yeah, it <laughs> counts because it's his birthday. That's right. That's right. How about that picture of the cake eating you, the cake? Yeah.
5: Check out our Facebook page. I took a, a photo of Carl eating the cake that I made for him. And I'm thinking you, yeah, you it.
4: made for me. <laughs> Baskin Robbins made that cake. Yeah,
5: it was either me or Baskin Robbins, either one.
4: Yeah, check out our Facebook page, Hollywood 360 Radio Facebook page and you'll see a fun picture of us uh, gobbling down Or
5: you, cake. you gobbling down. Cake. Yeah. You didn't right. share it with Mike and No me, so. way,
4: man. <laughs> Can't have any of that we cake. We just
5: watched you eat it.
4: Yeah. It's all mine. Mine. <laughs> That's mine. Right. mine.
5: That's right. It's your party. <laughs>
4: It's all mine. All right, stick around. More of Hollywood 360 after this. More Hollywood
1: 360 after these important messages.
4: And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. In our next hour, it's a drama on the cavalcade of America from 1944. But we'll start things out by playing Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous?, the music edition, right? That's right. right.
5: A uh, very popular segment. I've got some uh, great songs and we're going to talk about them. Yeah? Are you sure fun. about that? I'm sure. Is that how it works? It's how it works. You're
4: going to give a statement. I'm going to decide if it's real or, uh, you
0: know, that that's
5: really the Real or ridiculous. All right.
0: See you soon. <laughs> hey, everybody. Jared Sebasti, host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements.